0: Hello, this is Jay Henry, writer and director of Canary P.I., and this is Canary in a Coal Mine, our behind-the-scenes series. Today, we will be discussing Ed Poindexter's Crime of the Century. It is September 22, 2022, as of recording this, and today we will be joined by my right-hand man, Julian Gilas, once again, Uh, and a little State of the Union before we get into it. On October 30th, it will be a year since the release of The Black Lotus of Mulgrave, our first episode of Canary P.I., and, you know, man, that's wild, doesn't feel that long ago. And actually, it's been over a year because I spent months, you know, writing and turning those stories into audio, and, you know, finding a cast because I didn't know anyone, I thought I had to do most of the voices, and it was just, it was just a very scrambly time where I just had to figure out a lot of things at once, and... Once I did meet people, like, they were in, like, the same kind of way that I was, and we were all kind of learning and figuring things out together, and it was actually, it was actually fun, you know? So, when is the next batch of stories coming out? The answer is, when they're ready. To be honest, we're sort of struggling to find our audience, and it's just really tough out there. But we do get regular downloads, and I'm, like, super appreciative of that. But to be honest, it's not, it's, like, not necessarily where I would like to be after you know, how much has been put into it. I know, boo-hoo for the audio drama man. <laughs> I don't mean to be dramatic, but, you know, the year dr- landmark is making me think and, like, take stock of things. That's that's all I want to say about it for now, but... Anyway, I'm committed to the next five Canary stories and uh, about one and a half scripts into our next five-story run. And again, I can't say when they'll be out. i just rather make them good and keep it fun if, like, it's just gonna be a hobby kind of thing but who knows what the future brings the writing part is the most time-consuming for me and I'm doing basically everything besides acting every part and it's just hard to do eh show business I don't know it's up to the universe to tell me where to go with this audio drama thing all right let's let's get to this Ed Poindexter's crime of the century let's do a rundown of the story spoilers are ahead okay so canary's in his office and he hears a breaking news story over the radio There was a bank heist gone wrong, and a standoff between police and robber. Uh, Canary is angry about this because, you know, it's his bank, that's where his money is. And he's like, you don't mess with a man's money. So he drives down there, and he gets himself involved with it because, I don't know, he's a a weirdo. So he talks to the chief of police, and he tells Canary that this guy's a wacko, and he has a gun, and he's dressed up as a vampire, and Canary convinces the chief To let him run negotiations, because he used to be an ex-cop. Canary enters the bank in exchange for a couple of hostages. And once in there, he takes, you know, stock of the robber. Who is a malnourished, geeky type fellow named Ed Poindexter. Nervous and meek, but he's, you know, trying to act tough, but he's not, he's not, you know, convincing anyone. But he has a gun, so. So, after a while, you know, Canary, you know, poking and prodding and getting to know the guy... He learns that he's just like a young guy at the end of his rope. He's just been dealt a bad hand since day one. The gun is a starter pistol. It's not even a real gun. It's not loaded with any blanks. So Ed goes into this whole spiel about how his dad was basically abusive, and everyone hated him, and he could never make any friends. And uh, since graduating high school, his dad kicked him out, and he had to work, you know, dead-end jobs just to scrape by. So Ed's grand plan not very smart, but, you know, he's at the end of his rope, was to rob a bank with a fake gun and fly to Transylvania and open a coffee shop where they'll play chess and do live poetry. So, upon hearing this, Canary, you know, he takes pity on the on the guy, knowing if he went to prison, he wouldn't make it, or if he did make it through it, he would be broken or, you know, become a vicious person, and he didn't want to see that happen to him. He sees the good in this kid, and Canary convinces the police department to foot the bill for a plane to Transylvania, promising he'll make the arrest once they land and it'll be the safest, you know, way to go about it. And of course Canary doesn't make the arrest, and Ed makes his big gateway at the expense of the police department. The story star this uh, that sounds weird. This story stars me as Canary PI, Frank Gugliamelli as Chief of Police, and Julian Gilas as Ed Poindexter, and that's it, just the three of us. So, the inspiration for this story was re-watching Dog Day Afternoon after a while. I've seen it before, but not in a long time. And that stars Al Pacino, and it's a great movie. Basically a story about a guy who robs a bank to get money for his significant other to get a sex change operation. So taking that, and of course I have to mix things up and, uh, you know, canaryize it, I made it a story about a guy who, you know, seemingly robs a bank believing he's a vampire and wants to escape to Transylvania because, you know, he's a vampire and he wants to, like, be with vampires, but that's not really what happened. This story was at the end of a five-episode run, and I wanted to end it on a more positive, hopeful note than maybe what I've done in the past or what we're used to. You know, Ed isn't a loser. He's just a misunderstood and and he never fit in anywhere. And he gets a chance to start his life over and hopefully lives happily ever after. So it was only me and Julian and Frank in this episode, the three buttheads. Frank reprises his role as the chief of police uh, who first showed up in deadly decadence. And Julian plays Ed Poindexter, which I just think is great comedic and dramatic at the appropriate times which I didn't think was gonna be easy you know turning the drama switch on with this goofy nerdy voice but of course you know Julian delivers as always and on that note let's turn it over to Julian uh, uh hello again everybody uh it's your favorite vampire
1: here again uh you can call me Count Dracula the seventh order <laughs> or you can just call me Ed <laughs> What's up everybody, it's me again, Julian, Uh, back here again with another uh, Canary in a Coal Mine episode. So with playing Ed, um, it was pretty different from uh, playing the other characters that uh, I've played on Canary P.I. because, let's see here, Uh, <laughs> well, every character that I've played basically is, you know, a, a villain. Uh, a psychopath, I guess. You know, just all-around evil. <laughs> and with Ed, obviously, um, if you've listened to the episode, he's he's not like that. Uh, he's just some kid who's, you know, a little misguided in what he's doing. He's ro- he's robbing a bank because, you know, he just doesn't have money. Uh, his, his dad's kind of a... I won't say the actual word, but a-hole. You know, uh, he's been out on his own, kicked him out of the house, so he needs the money and he's robbing a bank as a Dracula, if you will. So with playing him, obviously Ed is (laughs) pretty nerdy, obviously. And I had to, well, I didn't really dig deep. I mean, like, in high school, I was, I guess, a a shy person, kind of timid, you know, I didn't really go out of my way to make a lot of friends. You know, I had my own group of, uh, friends who were pretty, pretty nerdy, I guess. We, we, we were basically the nerdy group, uh, of my high school, but yeah, I didn't, I wasn't very outgoing. Uh, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like, uh, how I am now, which is, you know, I've matured a little bit, you know, it's been a decade I've been out of high school. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've changed from being that timid, you know, Asian kid in high school, a little bit more outgoing, I would say. Um, so I had to dig back into that, you know, just being, uh, just a shy, timid kid, not really knowing what he's doing in school, probably not knowing what he's going to do out of school, uh, just having that kind of anxiety of just, you know, the real world problems that are gonna hit you after high school and that's basically what I feel happened to Ed you know he's just a kid he loves you know nerdy things and is you know back back in that time very looked down upon (laughs) I would say and his dad wanted uh you know just kicked him out because of you know what he likes and how he is as a person so that's what I really drew on when uh portraying the character was my own experience in going through school as a shy timid kid (laughs) so my favorite things about uh playing ed is that uh yeah i i got to um get away from the villain role you know uh i mean at first we think he's a villain you know he's robbing a bank obviously who does that other than bank robbers you know really messed up dudes but as you listen to uh, <laughs> the, the episode, you find out he's not some big intimidating dude with a ski mask and a shotgun, you know, telling everyone to get down and stuff like that. nice. No, he comes up and he, he's a timid kid, you know, dressed up as Dracula. You know, Canary, Canary sees that and, you know, he takes pity on the kid after um, getting inside the building and talk to, talking to him for just ha- getting to stray away from being the big bad of the episode was really fun for me because um the dialogue was (laughs) so so good you know i I got to put on a bit of a i guess like a new york accent but also sound nerdy at the same time which is (laughs) another character i actually wanted to try my hand at um doing for a long time as well uh, just like, you know, the villain roles as well. You know, his his misguided attempt to, <laughs> you know, write, write things in his life that are kind of spiraling downhill. It was, uh, you know, he's he's got things that he, he bills bills to pay. You know, he's, he's on his own. Obviously, like I said um, before, his dad kicked him out of the house. So he's out on his own. He's had this job that he hates and obviously bills need to be paid that's true for everyone adulting nowadays <laughs> not nowadays it's always been true for anyone adulting forever <laughs> um but yeah and then also he has you know a dream of going to europe and having his own coffee shop uh, uh it's been a while since i listened to the uh ep- episode i think he said he wanted to have like chess chess boards at his um coffee shop too like Ed was Ed was a pretty cool dude. Maybe for back then, not so much, but now I would I would totally just sit down at a coffee shop and, you know, ha- have a coffee and talk to that guy. So, yeah, my favorite parts of playing Ed were just, you know, that he's a he's a nerd, he's <laughs> um, not so much a a big bad villain. He's just misguided. He's just, he's a good kid and he's been driven to do this, you know, try to rob a bank because, you know, the world's kind of thrown them to the side. So obviously the the episode, the, the season two finale, uh, it is a, it, oh my gosh, what is the word I'm looking for here? It is a, oh my God, I cannot remember the word. It's like on the tip of my tongue and it keeps leaving. It strays away from, oh my goodness, that took me so long. Strays away from the, um, usual atmosphere and just the feel of the show, you know, Canary P.I. is, you know, a, it's about a guy getting calls about things that are quote-unquote supernatural, and he finds out that it's not all that supernatural, it's just some crazy dude pulling the strings. Um, but this episode, <laughs> you know, they, they call him because it's like some kind of dude robbing a bank, with, you know, dressed up as a vampire, I mean that, I guess that's that's the monster for you. But you find out it's just some some kid who just needs a little bit of guidance, you know, down on his luck, and Canary takes pity in him because it, it, in the episode it is implied that Canary kind of had the same kind of childhood, I guess. Well, not childhood, but like he was the same way when he was his age, and so he devises his whole plan uh, to get the kid actually to Europe and he can start his life um start over there with his coffee shop and everything that that's just it is it, it is straying away from the usual um feel of the show but it is nice to see Canary do something so heartwarming for somebody that you don't usually get to see I mean he, he did have like you know a nice a nice thing um in episode one and two of Canary PI, but this this is this is it hits you it, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit more, you know. <laughs> so season two, it really did, you know, change um change up some things. Uh, you know, season one, Jay was teaching himself how to, you know, wrangle people together and get us to record um stuff and I don't want to say in a timely manner but well i mean it is a timely manner but just to get us to record stuff and then send it into him and then he'll take that stuff and um edit it um do all the uh sound effects and find the songs for it it's he was teaching himself how to do the show in season one so you you can obviously when you i said obviously obvious geez i can't even talk so you can obviously see and hear in season one, you know, the pacing was a, a little bit fast. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was a little bit fast. Um, but in season two, he actually improved on that and that the pacing is great now uh, for the episode. It's not too, not too fast, not too slow. Right. And then his writing of the the characters, it's just even more fleshed out than um season one because season one we're just introducing the show um the characters come in introduce themselves and then it's just off to the races this um the way he writes it is uh the the way he writes the characters is uh you know he has put more i don't want to say he has put more thought but there's more (laughs) like clues to their personality and just the the writing is uh has improved from season one. Um, obviously, the um, the way he edits the episodes as well, the, the foley, and then just finding the right <laughs> finding the right soundtracks for it is good too. And I think that um, us having two seasons under our belts now as a group, we do have that synergy. So it sounds it sounds almost you know pretty natural. Um, to us whenever we record and then like when he puts it together and he shows it to us it sounds like you know we're riffing up off each other you know like we're, we're we've got that energy we're playing off each other's energy and it seems like we're in the same room I know Frank has said something about that and I have not had the pleasure of recording together with everybody in the same room but it does it does sound like that. It it comes off naturally. when uh, Like, you know, we're, we're recording uh, remotely, but it does it does sound like we are in the same room when we record, and that is that's, that's uh, that is is something. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, I think I've uh, talked enough about Count Ed. What is it? Count, Count Dracula. Count Dracula of the Seventh Order! But you can call him Ed. <laughs> yeah, so just you know, Jay, thank you for having me for this, um, Canary in a Coal Mine. Again, I'll, I love doing these. It's so good to talk about, you know, the behind this, behind the scenes stuff for Recording Canary. Yeah, hopefully you guys really enjoy what we do for the show. I mean, really the the one that works hardest for the show is Mr. Jay Henry himself. That, that, I don't know how he does it, but he gets stuff done. So, um, season 3 is coming there's no set release date but I want you guys to know that it it will it it, it will definitely be a banger of a season cause he is he has some good stuff coming and he, he's I'm pretty sure he's put his heart and soul into this third season I mean not to take away from season 1 and season 2 he worked really hard on those as well but season 3 I'm pretty sure he's putting a lot more effort into it so be on the lookout for that you know he might give out some announcements who knows I don't know how the man thinks so who knows he might give us some little 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 breadcrumbs for us to enjoy (laughs) so guys uh, thank you for listening and stay excited for season 3 of Canary P.I. because my gut feeling tells me that it's going to be a banger
0: so that'll do it for Canary in Coal Mine for the near future. Uh, I have to actually, you know, make episodes to talk about. And I think and we've run out. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to these. And I hope I've gotten better as a public speaker because of it. And this has been Canary in Coal Mine discussing Ed Poindexter's Crime of the Century, Century, Century. Okay, so we have five stories coming. Who knows when? After that, I don't know where this journey will take me. I have concepts in place that I cannot wait for you to hear. These will be our grandest stories yet if they come out like I'm imagining them, and I'm going to take my time to make sure they do. I cannot do this without the help of other people who bestow their gifts to bring my silly stories to life. Thank you for the cast who have stuck by me, for real, thank you. I'll never forget it or take it for granted. Thank you for all the loyal listeners, and I hope we hear from each other sooner than later. Bye.